The highly anticipated Watchmen series is here, folks, and with that are a ton of Easter eggs and theories, and I'm going to be diving into a whole bunch of that right now. So come with me. We're about to investigate what is going on with Chief Judd Crawford. I think it's going to be kind of crazy. I got some theories for you. We'll see how it goes. Hi, I'm Grant Davis from Who Pods a Watchman, a weekly companion podcast for the HBO Watchmen television series. We're doing a series of video deep dives, dissecting all sorts of crazy theories about these different characters and Easter eggs that are going on in the show. And this week we want to talk about what is going on with Chief Judd Crawford. Just a friendly reminder, everyone, we are going to be talking about spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't watched the TV show episode yet, go watch it. What are you doing? Stop this video, like at the bottom, hit subscribe, stop the video, come back and watch it again. Many viewers are probably astonished to find that one of the lead characters on this TV show, played by Don Johnson, was killed off in the very last minutes of the episode. It was quite a shock and a bit of wish fulfillment for Damon Lindelof, who had initially wanted the main character Jack Shepard in his show Lost to actually die off in the first episode. So in a way, he kind of got his wish here, he just had to wait a little while. All right, the first theory about who Judd Crawford actually is, is he might potentially be one of the characters from the original Watchmen series, Night Owl, the second Night Owl, in fact, Dan Dryberg. Here's how this theory goes. Dan Dryberg, at the end of Watchmen, has to kind of go into hiding. He takes on a pseudonym, and he's actually going for a little bit of time under the name Mr. Hollis. That's after the name Hollis Mason. His mentor, who was actually Night Owl 1, the first Night Owl. Yeah, the first one. So after the events of the Watchmen comic, we see that Night Owl does take on a pseudonym, and it's not too far-fetched to, to assume that he might continue taking on other pseudonyms and jumping into an alternate life. He no longer feels safe being Dan Dryberg, but maybe being Mr. Mason wasn't really working out for him either. That was while he was in a relationship with Laurie Giuseppic, who now we know is going to be Laurie Blake in this TV show. She's already changed to another pseudonym. Maybe he wanted to remake his life. And what better place to do that but in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Part of being a superhero is that you have a degree of affinity for law enforcement. Also power, but law enforcement. And him moving to Tulsa to become a police officer and then 30 years later, the chief of police of Tulsa, Oklahoma is possible. We have several other clues that he might be more than he seems. He does have an owl cup in his office, as well as Hollis Mason's book sitting on his desk of his office. Furthermore, we see that he has battle wounds. He's got these bullet holes in his body when he takes off his shirt. These are clearly a sign that he has had brushes with violence in the past, and either that happened on duty while he was a cop, or potentially when he was a superhero and fighting a bunch of other bad guys. Batman's body looks fucked up too. In chapter seven of the original Watchmen tome, we see a picture that Dan Dryberg is keeping in his, his owl, owl cave. I'm not really sure what he's calling that space, but he has this picture of a, one of his nemesis, whose name was the Twilight Lady, that he clearly had a bit of a, a dalliance with. We also see that he has some fantasies about this redheaded lady later in that chapter. Taking a look at Judd's home life, he's married to a redheaded lady as well, played by Frances Fisher. It could just be that he had to think for redheads, and now that he's no longer with Silk Spectre, in his new life, he found a lady of his dreams. Being a man in hiding, being Dan Dryberg, also being Chief Judd Crawford, comes with having a lot of enemies. 
but it's certainly possible that one of the people that killed him could have had a motivation that they finally found out it was Dan Dryberg, and that's why they went after him. But of course, one of the biggest pieces of evidence is the owl ship itself. He's flying around in Archie. What's going on with that? Why does he have Archie? One could argue that he didn't seem like he had complete familiarity with Archie, him being the person who built Archie, given that Pirate Jenny had to step in and do a lot of stuff flying that vessel. But it is weird that he had that ship, and it lends a lot of credence to this theory that he could be Night Owl. It is important to note that if anyone is following the supplemental material that's being put out by HBO and Watchmen called the PD Files, there is one document in particular that does note that Dan Dryberg was being held in custody by the FBI, which would set this theory ablaze. Like this ship. Like this ship. See the ship burning? Ablaze? Get it? There is another theory, though, that he's not Night Owl, but he could actually be in a way, the complete opposite, he could be one of the head people of the 7th Cavalry, the new Rorschach Acolytes. In the very first scene, we see the white hat rider riding across the plains, the black rider in a cloak chasing after him. And that white hat rider was the sheriff of town who was corrupt. And similarly, we see the white hat being donned by Don Johnson, who is the chief of police of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, that guy in the beginning? is just like the bad guy here, and the hooded justice is the person who caught him and gave him hooded justice. Want to know our theory about who hooded justice is? Be sure to check out our other video about Will Reeves, AKA Lewis Gossett Jr. Spoiler alert, we think it's him. Oklahoma the musical also features heavily in this show. And if you look at the characters in that play, you will find that the lead villain, his name is Judd. His name is Judd, guys. Just like Judd, our dude. They're bad guys. That's what they're trying to tell us. Bad guys. And even when you see him die at the very end, the music that's playing over top of that is the same song about Judd when he dies in Oklahoma. There's a few other details that seem a little off about this character. When he goes and gets into his car at the very end, his wife says, make sure you take a police escort because he's got a little bit of the nose candy there and uh, maybe it's not the safest to drive. Also, he has a hit out on him, presumably from the 7th Cavalry. He would be prime target number one because he's one of the few police officers that does not operate in anonymity. So the question is, why did he drive by himself? Why would he go by himself? Why, he had a bunch of officers right there. Was, what was it, that he just really loves having a nice romantic drive listening to conservative talk radio as he goes down the road? That's another point. Why was he listening to conservative talk radio? It seems a little out of character with who the person would be and what the power structures and dynamics would be that he would listen to a, a fringe conservative talk radio show that seems much more in line with the philosophy going on with the 7th Cavalry. But he does go driving by himself. And that might indicate that he did not have a fear of the 7th Cavalry. He doesn't have a fear of them coming after him because he knows he's in cahoots with them. Cahoots, I say. And that brings us to what is the bigger motivation of the 7th Cavalry? Do they want war? Is that what they're actually going for? Is that their motivation? They seem to be wanting to provoke something from the police. And isn't that exactly what they get? when Don Johnson's chief of police does an invocation of Article 4 saying, release the guns, 
we're going to war. And he is the guy in the position of power that he could go ahead and orchestrate that move. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe he wants his police fighting against his boys at the 7th Cavalry. But then again, it could be neither. It could be that he was just a regular good police chief and that we're just being set up with a bunch of red herrings in both directions to make us kind of question whether or not this guy was a bad guy, was a good guy, what was going on here. But what if I throw out a fourth theory for you guys? What if he's both? What if it turns out that he is Dan Dryberg and Dan Dryberg has actually moved to being part of the white supremacist group in Tulsa, Oklahoma and is now leading that? Is that too bonkers for you guys? Oh, shit. Well, consider this. What do we really know about this Dan Dryberg character? Not a whole lot. We know that he likes birds and he likes vigilante justice. We know that his mentor Hollis Mason was killed and it did in a way make him snap. Did this make him snap in the same way that that case made Rorschach snap? Is it possible this led him down a crazy and destructive path? Did he buy into some of the, the doctrines and mythology of his lost friend Rorschach? And maybe he found a sense of solidarity and community with the seventh cavalry who are already championing a lot of these views. Probably not, but just throwing that theory out there. What I do want to know is what do you guys think is going on with this character? Do you think that's possible? He is night owl. Do you think that he might be involved with the seventh cavalry? Please let us know down in the comments. And then be also sure to subscribe and like us and tune into our weekly podcast, Who Pods a Watchman, for more theories and speculation and wild assertions like he's Dan Dryberg, member of the 7th Cavalry. Thank you, guys. Peace. Deuces. See ya.